0: 4. Um, it says, With the Lord's authority I say this, I live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Um, their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they've closed their minds. They've hardened their hearts against Him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure. And eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. That's not what you learned about Jesus. Since you have heard about Jesus, you had learned the truth that comes from him. So throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Many of us here, we know this story all too well. <laughs> There was my life before Christ. There was my life after Christ. And I can see the difference in the way my life was going and the direction I was going. And now with Jesus and the direction I want to go with him, there was this old sinful nature in the former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on the new nature created to be like God. Truly righteous and holy. Now, I know a lot of you also can resonate with this because just because I decided to follow Jesus, guess what? That old sinful nature, uh, it's still right there. (laughs) It's a daily battle that we can have victory over today. We're going to talk about that old sinful nature that creeps up uh, within us uh, today, that's going to be the the thrust of our focus today. But before we do, uh, I want to take just a few minutes. You guys, hey, say hello to like three or four people. Welcome them into the room. Introduce yourselves, and then we'll get started in about sixty seconds. Uh, today, also, I just want to say thank you to Laura, Lynette, Max, and Bobby uh, for leading out today. They they won't they won't say anything but th- there's days when technology wins okay uh, and and technology kind of won the day today in the sense that we typically will run things off of uh, uh, an iPad that will kind of run some tracks different things it just was not happening today they had to make some some audible calls and some trans and just you know transition pivot whatever word you want to use and I and I just to me I'm like in the back just saying I love this team because they they pivoted, made some decisions, and um, I, I know it wasn't what they planned coming in for the day. We all rocked it, so thank you guys. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I really do. Like that's that's leadership. You take an obstacle, turn it into an opportunity, and you roll and 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 just just go with it. Um, do you know anyone, any people that wear something that defies all sense of fashion? Uh, don't point or anything like that. But do you, do you know anybody just like they, the, the... Okay, all right, you're pointing to yourself. Okay, I see, I see, I see. Uh, not that we would have this ever happen in, in Los Alamos. You know, the people who are typically wearing uh, the black socks and, and sandals uh, walking around in, in public, which now um, I'm I'm actually guilty of, of this too. I, I have a, I have uh, black socks and I like my, my sandals are just now comfortable, all right? When you turn over 40... All right. I've I, I just learned I don't care. It's about comfort. It really has nothing to do about fashion. Um, so, you know, I, <laughs> so anyway, um, you know, as, as Paul is writing to the Ephesians, and if you're new with us today, I'm so glad you're here. I'm, I, I'm so grateful. Anytime anybody comes to check out Freedom Church. Uh, we don't take it for granted, and we, we, I hope you feel welcome, I hope you feel encouraged. Today's going to be a little bit of a, a challenge, but at the same time, I'm hoping it'll be a little bit inspiring, because we're going to talk about this, uh, the, in a way, kind of like clothes. He's like, hey, take off the old self, put on the new, and there's certain things in our closet, in our wardrobe, that he's saying, you know what, that, that high school letter jacket that you, that you got, Mike, you know, that was cool in high school. But, you know, it's a whole another deal. You're 42 years old. You probably, you've got some new clothes. And there's some clothes that I know you and I have in our closet that we like to wear, the old comfy pair of sweatpants or something like that. We've had it for 20 or 30 years, and we like it because it's comfortable and it feels good. And there's some things in our life that they, they're comfortable. It's almost become part of our identity. And, and, and really, the rub, the challenge is, like, that needs to go. It's been around for decades. You know it. Let's get honest. And we got some new clothes. The, the pretext to all of this is Ephesians chapter 1 through 4 and a half, All right? That's where we're just kind of breezing through Ephesians, opening up all these treasures. The front half of the book is saying how blessed you are, how much God loves you, how much grace there is for all the sin that we're going to talk about today. Like today's up, we're talking about the S word. All right? Sin. All right, there's so much hope in this, and he, and he built it all up based on one through three. So if you're just joining in today a little bit, it's like, oh, man, this don't make sense. You're gonna, you, it's one of the rare scriptures in the New Testament where it's like, hey, how do I know what is and isn't sin? And this is a, a, a one of those spots where he's just going to list some things. All right? But at the, at the same time, that don't make sense if you only jump in at chapter 4. If you read 1 through 3, and I'm trying to help us catch up, he's just like, no, because God loves you so much, because you've done this, because you are a son, you are a daughter, because you don't have to earn it with God. God loves you already. Now go live like it. And we're in the back half of the book saying, hey, we already know who we are. We already know our identity. We've already dealt with that. Now we're going to go live this thing out. And I'm a son. Of the of 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 the king. <laughs> You're a daughter of the king. You are blessed and highly favored. So you don't have to live in defeat. You can live in victory. Well there are things in our life that he's saying that are that will cause us to stumble, to not live a to, to allow us to live the life that God wants us to live. So here's the list. I'm gonna breeze through these and then we're gonna start kind of breaking some of these down because to be quite honest, this is common sense, okay? We're going to read through some of these, and you're going to see, like, duh, 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 duh. And then you're going to be like, but it's hard to live out. All right, so let's just go through these lists. I'm going to go through this real fast. Uh, the first one, Ephesians 20, chapter 4, verse 25, he says, stop telling lies. Duh, right? Are we tracking? Stop telling lies. Like, I, I thought about just titling this sermon, stop it, <laughs> because we are going to go through it, like, just stop it, and then I just leave. But I know it's, it's not that easy. Stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. So he's talking about, hey, we're all in this together. Hey, if I can't trust you, I can't have a relationship with you. Relationship, which is what all these things are based on, be it a relationship with God, a relationship with others, or a relationship between me and you. Relationships. The intimacy that you and I can have is built off of trust. The more trust we have, the deeper we can go. You're lying to me, or you're telling me half-truths, I can't trust you. You're you're not showing integrity, I can't trust you. So this is a big one. It's easy to just read through and be like, oh, well, stop lying. Well, I don't tell lies. No, but where's trust breaking down? Where are you hiding? Trust is the foundation of all relationships. All right, keep going. Don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger never gets foothold to the devil. I heard someone say, well, I'm not, don't let the sun don't go down on, while you're still angry. That means we're going to stay up and fight all night. <laughs> it's not a sin to be angry. Okay? We've done, I'll do a whole sermon on, on anger because most, a lot of us in the room, we deal with this. You may you may be fine in this environment. Hey, I'm not angry here. I'm a, you know, we would I would when I interact with you, I don't know anyone here that's angry. It's not about there might be certain people or certain environments that might trigger you. And that's where this verse comes in. You might be good in 90% of the area, but there's 10% where you gotta work on your anger. All right. What's he saying here? Deal with it quickly. I don't take this verse as literally as like if Rita and I uh get in a fight and it's 10:30 at night, I'm going to bed. <laughs> All right? The, the, the idea in my mind is deal with it quickly, deal with it quickly because the opportunity to lose self-control, the opportunity for bitterness to grow and take root. And the Satan loves to get any sort of foothold in. All right, if you're a thief, quit stealing. Duh. We know we're not supposed to steal. Instead, use your hands for, hard, to, to, for good hard work, then give generously to others in need. He wants you to to be generous. We said this last week. What's God's will for my life? I want to know what God wants me to do. I want to live out my purpose. Most of us in here would would agree to that. Hey, I want to live out my purpose in life, but I don't know my purpose. And we just said very clearly, when you know who God wants you to be, be generous. He wants you to be generous. When you know who God wants you to be, you'll be in position to know what he wants you to do. Living out God's will for your life is more about being than doing. I know not to steal. Where does it get hard? Being generous. (laughs) Uh, That's a lot harder to live out. That's a lot harder to live out. Let's keep going. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good or helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. All right? Y'all had the mama that said, if you don't have anything nice to say, say it. <laughs> it's almost like when you go to the doctor, and you know, they want to check the back of your mouth, and they put the, the uh, popsicle stick in your mouth, and you're like, ah, you start gagging and all that sort of stuff. It's kind of like we need one of those whenever something breaks the filter inside of us that wants to just, you know, I got no filter, and it just comes out. You need one of those popsicle sticks in your mouth that you wish could just the Holy Spirit just gag your mouth and keep it from coming out, right? Let your words be encouraging. Let your words be encouraging and helpful. Moving on, verse 31, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. So if you haven't got that, let's just sum it all up with all evil behavior. Instead of being, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Keep going. Verse chapter 5. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins, sins have no place among God's people. That, that word sex, sexual immorality in the Greek is pornea, where we get the word porn. Alright? So he's in, in in some translations say, let there be no hints of sexual immorality. Alright? So I don't know. What qualifies as a hint? That could be quite a bit. Any one of these I could do a whole sermon series on, by the way. We're just breezing through. This is the list. Now, and one that you might not have heard before, Ephesians 5.4, obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. So apparently in, in, in God's house, he doesn't appreciate dirty jokes, all right? It's not to say you can't laugh and have fun and whatever, but you got to be understanding What am I being entertained by? Am I being entertained by something that's sinful? That's something maybe for you to check. I don't know. I'm going to leave these between you and God, but it's in there. Last one, verse 18, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled, if you're going to fill yourself with something, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, that doesn't say you can't have a drink. It just says don't be drunk. But many of us, many of you, we know the difference and we've crossed that line too much. You would know. You would know. These things, he pulls out the list and he says, don't go in this direction. You're losing self-control here. If you want to be controlled by something, be controlled by God. Be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Part of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. And you are Losing control by giving yourself over to certain substances, giving yourself over to certain emotions. There's, there's, there's reasons why he lists this here. The bottom line is not uh, some sort of religious to-do list, although this is here to say these are the do's and don'ts. But what is the after here? Relationships. These break relationships. These cause distance between relationships. You know this. It's one of those, duh, easier said than done to, to live out. I look at this list, and I'm like, who's, who's with me? Who in here, you'd say, hey, I'm a rule breaker. I'm a rule breaker. Where's my rule breakers at? All right, all right. All right. Rule followers? Rule followers? Okay, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, it's all right, all right. Like, you give me a list of rules? I'm going to I'm going to find a way to break it. All right. I'm just trying to be a little bit honest here. When I look at this list, I don't like it. I don't want to I don't want to change. I don't want to be held accountable. so I'll justify it. I don't like it. I'll figure a way around it. I mean, Rahab, she lied, right? She she had them coming in looking for the the Israelites, and and she said, no, no, they're not here, and went another way, totally deceived, and it was counted as faith. I mean, you know, you can... You can justify anything, right? Believe me, I've been in ministry long enough. I've seen people, you can justify anything you want, myself included, all right? So I'm not just placing the blame on other people. Plus, sin's fun. You're not doing it right if it's not fun in some cases. I want to be angry at you. Stop being angry? Yeah, that's good when I'm not angry, but when I'm angry, oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) You hurt me? I'm angry. You want me to forgive? Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll talk forgiveness all day, except for I don't want to forgive you. That hurt. Stab me in the back. Talking trash about me? No, I'll get you back. I'll remember that. I keep receipts. Okay, we could talk about this all day long. This is why I hate the list, because we talk about it, and we're like, check, 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 until reality hits. If I didn't list your sin, you're like, hey, I'm, I'm walking good today. No, we all got something. There's, all, there, there's a whole, you know, you find something in there, and he's saying, this is, this is not the clothes that you want to wear. So I cannot like it all day long, but i got to remember chapters 1 through 3. God didn't ask me. He ain't asking. He's, he's like, here it is. Here's how I created life. You want to do life and live life to the fullest? Got some things to help you out. He's trying to help us out here, not confine us. Don't be, be generous. Don't be greedy. Get rid of all greed. I'm not greedy. I'm just a good planner, right? I'm a being a good steward of my money, right? Some of these things hide and they hide as virtues. The devil, our spiritual enemy, which we'll read about in two weeks, he comes to, to steal, kill, and destroy. We have talked about in this series. He's not coming at you in a red cape and a pitchfork saying, hey, you want to do something that's going to ruin your life? No, it looks good, sounds good, pleasing. The devil is deceptive. So when we read about these things on the surface level, duh, oh, but when, when we come to living these things out, it's wreaking havoc in areas of our lives. Now we got to be honest. We got to be honest. If you if you can float through today and not deal with the real stuff, but I'm trying to tell you that when God is putting these out, He's trying to help us. The, here's the word for the day: surrender. Who is the Lord in your life? Who is your Lord? We read the list. And I've already admitted, I don't like it, okay? So if you're like, I don't know, I'm right there with you. At the end of the day, who's Lord? When I gave my life to Christ and said, hey, I'm going to follow you. I'm trusting in you. I'm banking on you. I'm going to follow you. When I hit something that I don't like or I don't necessarily fully understand or I just plain out don't want to do it, who's Lord? When I gave my life to him, it wasn't Jesus is my servant. I am the Lord, and he serves me. No, no, no. It was quite the opposite. I come around, I'm going to humble myself and say, you know what? Whatever you say, I will do. Okay? So I'm giving you permission, whatever you read in here today, it's a struggle, to agree or disagree. All right? But at the same time, I want to ask the question, who's Lord? Who serves who? The Bible says this. I'm going to take a pivot. We're going to talk about hearts. Really, this gets down to what's going on in your heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart. Say these next three words with me. Guard your heart above all else. That's pretty important. (laughs) For it determines the course of your life. God, what's your will for my life? Well, let's look at your heart. Let's see what is happening. If you've ever had any sort of heart issues before, I have had to deal some stuff, and they do the uh, angiogram thing where they put some fluid and dye into your system, and they check everything out. They can see where there's some clogged arteries and different things like that, or if there's anything happening or not happening, different things like that. You know, if, if, if someone were to have a bad heart, and they diagnose what's going on, they could say, hey, well, you know what? Here's what we need to do to get a healthy heart. Let's... Let's get some some better nutrition here. That could help in this area here. Let's get you some, some exercise here. That's gonna help too. Let's, let's work on a few of these things so we can get you to a healthy heart. To which, if I'm there, I'm like, hey, 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 no, 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 doc. Give me a healthy heart first, then I can do the diet and exercise thing. Like, that's a lot of work. Give me the healthy heart. I'd be an idiot. That's not how it works. There's going to be habits that you need to to have in your life spiritually that get you headed in the right direction for a healthy heart. Oh, well, God, if you would just do this and this and this, then I'll start kind of working on these other things. You know, it's just, no, 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 no. Take a step where you are at. Take one step of faith today in one area, because I just threw a whole laundry list of things at you today. And all I'm asking for, can you leave here with one next step today? One next step of a healthy habit that you can implement by faith today and start moving in the direction that you want to go. You want a healthy heart? You're seeing some things on the inside that may not be where you want it to be? Well, let's take steps. Jesus said it like this. Matthew chapter 15, if you're taking notes. He had just gone into a dinner And Jesus did something gross. He didn't wash his hands. He didn't use the ceremonial uh, water basin that they had to where they would just ceremonially cleanse their hands. And there were some teachers, some religious leaders, Pharisees there, that they were not happy that Jesus didn't do this traditional religious ritual of cleansing their hands. And they wanted to know why he was eating while he was unclean or something like that. So then Jesus tells them, he's like, guys, 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 listen. It's not about what you eat Or how you eat that makes you unclean what you put in your body. He's like, this stuff is coming from the inside. He says, anything you eat passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. Ew, Jesus, that's gross. But the words you speak come from the, say it with me, they come from the heart. That's what defiles you. For from the heart, look at this list. Very similar. Evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, slander. These will all defile you. Eating with unwashed hands is still gross, even today. But that will not defile you. What's Jesus saying? That the things that leak out of us every now and then, we ought to pay attention to. That moment of rage. That little outburst that you're like, oh, that's not me. I shouldn't have said that." that. That clenched fist on that possession or that money or those things. You ought to pay attention to those. Because they might be, every now and then, the heart leaks just a little bit of what's going on on the inside. Guard your heart above all else. You would be wise to pay attention to those little leaks that come out every now and then. It doesn't say that it is the direction of your life, but go and, and don't pay attention. And it could lead you to a place called regret that you never intended to go. Ah, ah! I, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said that. I know I said that last night. I didn't mean it. I don't even know where I ca- that came from. Jesus would say, "Ah, ah!" ah <laughs> I know where that came from. I know. That came from your heart. It was inside there, and I know you didn't mean it. But let's do a little heart check today. Let's do a little heart check today. There was a rich young ruler that came and met Jesus. And he wanted to know, Jesus, hey, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Give me the purpose for my life. I want to follow you. Just tell me what to do. And remember what we've said in this series. It's not so much about doing. It's more about being. You are a human being. So Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect... Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor. He gives them something to do here, but this is definitely a heart check. Then you will have treasure in heaven. Then he gives them the invite. He gives all of us. Then come follow me. Jesus isn't about so much doing, although he gave him a to-do item. What was this really about? His heart. Jesus is about your heart. Whatever he's convicting you of today is to encourage you a little bit and to show you a little bit of, hey, your heart needs a little work today. Your heart is, if we want to get it in the right position, we're going to have to work on this for a while. If it's taken you 40 years to get into this direction and we've gone and neglected this thing for 40 years, you're not going to snap out of it in in four days. We're going to have to put this into practice. It's a habit. But we're going to start today you got to start today. All of these things on the list, they're designed to get at your heart. There are things that are breaking your relationship with God and distancing your relationship with God. I already mentioned, like, in lying and trust, there are things that we hide that distance our relationship with others. And there are things that, quite honestly, they're just hurting ourselves. The anger, the bitterness... It's not hurting the other people, although it might lash out and cause more problems. But you know, unforgiveness, really, we are the one in prison. We are the one being damaged by that. And God loves you too much. He loves his children too much to say, hey, you can stay there. Stay in prison. Stay chained. No, let's do the hard work and let's get out today. Listen, you might like, Mike, 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 Mike. Okay, this is good, good, good. Mike, I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to be, but really, I need specifics. Take the job, don't take the job. Sell the house, keep the house. Move to a new city or, or stay here. I'm trying to figure out, I want to know God's will for my life. You're giving me a bunch of spiritual an- answers. I'm like the rich young ruler. What must I do? I need answers now. Listen, if God tells you To move. Okay, you go move. And you go get the career, you get the job, you get the promotion, you get the money, you get the house, you get the retirement, you get the benefits, you all those things. But you still don't know who you are. You missed it. God's working on your heart to try to help you understand a little bit of something called identity. To see who you really are. It doesn't matter where you are. What job you have, you understand whose you are in Christ to give you confidence in moving forward. Some of us, we are so paralyzed by our sin, we don't even know what step to take. And today I'm trying to give you a little bit of hope. He says in in chapter 5 of Ephesians, he says, don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. We got plenty of excuses. We all do. For the anger of God will fall on those who disobey him. God ain't messing around. He ain't messing around. This ain't no joke. Don't participate in things these these people do, for you were once full of darkness, okay? You once lived this way and we battle this every day, but now you have the light. You are the light of the world. So live as people of the light, for this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Here it is, "Carefully determine what pleases the Lord? Look into it. I've told you the list, but look into it. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of, of evil darkness. Instead, let's expose them. Shine the light on yourself to show yourself what is this really gaining me? What, what am I really benefiting here? If I got to get drunk to have fun, what is that gaining me? That should say something to us. For the light makes everything visible. Man, when you allow God to just expose that light, that is a scary place to be. But it's also a very freeing thing. When you can come home and say, you know what? The reason I keep, the reason... I've I've done the work. I've looked carefully into it. The reason I struggle with generosity is because I I see it now. I feel like God owes me. I've had some wounds. I've had some other people where it was unfair. They got the promotion, and it feels like God is holding out on me. And I've let the light shine on to realize, you know what? I struggle with, with generosity, not because I don't want to, but because I feel like God owes me. There's something there that I need to work on with him. When you let the light shine in, and this is stuff where some of us, we might need to go see some, a counselor to work. You're not going to solve this on a Sunday morning. There's some deep things that and wounds that might have been there since your childhood. I'm realizing I'm not who I want to be. This is not who I want to be. I don't want to be the angry, irritable dad. Well, let's let the light shine on and figure out, well, why are we doing this? Why are we so angry? Why are we so irritable? Because it's COVID and everything's locked down and I like to be in control. And, when, and I like to be in the know. And when I don't know what the heck is going on in our world, and I have zero control over what's going on, I start to have anxiety. I start to get irritable. I start to feel this loss of self-control. And then all, all of a sudden, I realize, okay, I'm not who I want to be. But I've done the hard work. I've let the light shine on. And I guess what? I'm going to start making some changes in these areas. The light makes everything visible. That's why it said, awake. Oh, sleeper, rise up from the dead. Wake up. There's things in your life you don't like. Let the light shine on. He's not there to condemn you and kick you while you're down. No, the light shines to convict you, but to help you move in the right direction. Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. Show me. Let that light shine as much as I hate it. Ah, the bright light. Ah, I'm like a cockroach at night where I'm like, ah, just run anywhere back through the darkness. That's what our flesh wants, but the Spirit, you know, you know. Sometimes your soul just weeps. Sometimes your soul just weeps because you're not living out the way you know God wants you to. Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. What's he saying? You've got to be intentional. This ain't going to just happen. You want to make a change? You can't just randomly hope that you'll be one day generous. No, you will put it into action. It will be a habit that you intentionally set and and, and and act on. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. When you know who God wants you to be, you will be in position to know what God wants you to do. And let me add one more thing. Just because I know who God wants me to be, listen, I would, I would almost change that to say, now I got to do it. Knowing means nothing unless I'm following Jesus. Then come follow me. I heard a pastor say this week, God honors footsteps, not our footprints, not butt prints. All right, I know too many Christians, and I'll just point the finger at myself. I know the list, and I know the next step that God's calling me to do in certain areas, but I'd rather just not. I'd rather just point the finger and talk about your sins. I'd rather judge you for your sins that I dislike than the one that is on me, the one that I got to deal with and face. That's what you're confronted with today. What do you need to do? Some of you, you need to apologize. There is an I'm sorry that needs to come out of your mouth, and you are too prideful. Pride is your sin. I will not say it. That would admit that I am wrong. What do you need to do? Understand what the Lord wants you to do. I need help. I need help. Three tough words, very humbling words. I need help. What do you need to do? Understand what the Lord wants you to do. I need a counselor. I need some some therapy. I don't know where else to go. I need some help. What does the Lord want you to do? Under he, he's not writing this so we can just give ourselves a pat on the back. He wants us to know God's will for our lives. What do you need to do? Repent. That's wrong. And I know it's wrong. I've been trying to justify it. I've been trying to just ignore it. It's a pet little sin. It's not harming anyone else, just me. No one else. No one even knows. Taking that one to the grave. It's fine. I mean, did God really say that? This is what the Satan said in Genesis chapter 2. Did God really say you would die? Not supposed to eat of that tree. That's what he said and I'm going I'm to bank on him. I'm going to trust on him. Understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, but, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord. Say these next words with me. Making music to the Lord in your Hearts, oh, what is this all about? The heart of the matter. Give thanks for everything, God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. One of the things, as we close out here, it's got a couple minutes left. A lot of times, this is a tough message, so thank you for hanging in there with me, all right? I love you guys, I love you everyone, and and I want to bring this home. The church and even myself as I speak, I want to give you hope. I want to give you encouragement to take a next step of faith. Do I want us to continue into sin? No. But I don't want you leaving here with the sense of I gotta be perfect. The, 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 the church can, can can put off this feel of I can't have a season of funk. <laughs> no funk allowed. No fun. You, you, you can't have, like, no, do I want to live this way? Absolutely not. But if I'm struggling, then I guess I'm not allowed in. If I'm honest about my sin and my mistake, you're out. Not here, okay? I'm just letting you know. I don't want you to move and, and, and to justify your sin and say, well, I, I can move forward in that. No, we're going to, but we're here with you. We're here for you. Even if you fall down, we're here to pick you up. Freedom Church, this there's a there's an invite card that we recently handed out. It says no perfect people allowed. Doesn't mean to justify our sin, but it, it is a mantra, a motto of ours to just say this is how we live our lives, okay? We're gonna get back up. If you're down today, you're welcome here all the time. If you're drunk today, you are welcome here. All right. We are here to walk through you and with you today. All right. We I don't I'm all of us are guilty of sin, all right? I've screwed it up this week. I've screwed it up this morning. And we have a Savior who looks at you and then say, oh, you're out. On with a new one. No, he's right there with you. And because of that, I don't go to seek to, to break the rules and live however I want. I'm saying, no, God, I want to live for you. I don't deserve any of this. Here's what it says. He wrote that, le- I read, the- read this last week in Revelation. He said, To the church in Ephesus, this is Jesus talking, and he says, here's what I have against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you've fallen. Turn back to me, turn back to me, and do the works you did at first. Do you remember when you gave your life to Christ? Do you remember that old way of life and how it wasn't moving you in the direction that you wanted to go? Do you remember all the pain and shame and regret that came from you saying, I'll do what I want, when I want, where I want, however I want, and I don't want anybody, including God, to tell me what to do? Do you remember where that led you? And do you remember that moment when you gave your life to Christ and you said, I surrender, and that, that weight and shame and guilt came off, and you're like, I'll do anything, Lord. Anything. Just thank you. Thank you for saving me. Like, I, I don't, whatever you tell me to do, I'll go do it. That joy, that excitement, that peace that came. Remember your first love. Come back. Turn back. You're welcome here. You're welcome here. Last verse. Let's stand up and let's read. This new posture. This comes out of Ephesians. We're going back to Ephesians 1 here. This isn't on your screen, so let this read over you. Praise be to God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. This is already yours. Blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. That's you. You have it. You are blessed. For he chose us, he chose you in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. If you're questioning how God views you today in light of this sermon, and I screwed it up, all right, and I probably did, I want you to know, how does God see you, not how me, okay? How does God see you? You are holy and blameless. Not how you see yourself. I look in the mirror, uh-uh, not me. I'm the last pick, last pick. No, no, no. When God sees you, he does not see that. He sees Jesus. Holy and blameless, that's you. In love, he predestined us, he predestined you For adoption into sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. He's pleased in you. You are his daughter. You are his son. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. There's enough grace for your sin today. There's enough grace for your race today, whatever race you're running. In him. In him. You don't run this race on your own. On your own strength, no, in him, we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins, amen, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. We got work to do. We got this old nature. It's like tar that's just like sticking on us, and we got to work to get it off. But listen, listen, listen. Focus in on Jesus today. Start there and then we'll take our next steps out of here. Father, I thank you for today. Thank you for showing us a direction that we might not necessarily like, that we may not necessarily feel comfortable with. i got these clothes and I like it. I've been wearing that anger for a long time and it works well for me. It still looks good, it fits nice, I like it, oh. But you, God, are, you love me enough to say, you know what, I got some better clothes. Got a better outfit, something that looks a little bit better. Called forgiveness. Oh, there's a better pathway today. I know you're working in this room. I can see it on the faces. I feel it. Father, I just pray that whatever we do today, walking out of here, our our answer is yes. Hey, I'm going to work on that. I'm going to talk to someone. Probably a conversation we need to have. Father, I just pray that you would do a mighty work in us in this knowing that this might take several steps down the way, but we're going to move in that direction you called us to go. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.